Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. He's nicknamed King James for a reason. The Raiders look like the favorites to land Aaron Rodgers. And it's been 35 years after Doug Williams made Super Bowl history. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. It's been since 1984. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar broke Wilt Chamberlain's scoring record and took over the top spot that season. He no longer holds the NBA scoring record now, though, as LeBron James eclipsed him last night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Andy Kamenetsky from Locked On Lakers, Chris Manning from Locked On Cavaliers, and Wes Goldberg from Locked On Heat reminisce on the career of the greatest basketball player many of us have ever seen. I mean, it, it, it's huge, right? This gives him the ultimate numbers argument. If we, want, if we want to just launch right into the LeBron versus Michael Jordan debate, like he's the number one scorer of all time. You know, he's already kind of had the more NBA finals appearances, more consecutive finals appearances, all these things. But he was never going to match MJ in terms of just 6-0 and in the finals, right? Like he was never going to get that. But he was always going to have more points, more rebounds, more assists. But now he's number one, right? Now he's the number one scorer in NBA history. And that's really sort of a banner type of thing like what we're talking about here does this go is it this is what first paragraph of the hall of fame enshrinement piece for him of all the accomplishments lebron has had and as important as he is to the teams he's played on and the nba and the history of this league the number one score in nba history that that's like in the first couple of sentences when we're talking about lebron when it's all said and done for for me i i think he is I, I ultimately, I think I'm going to take a slight coward's way out on this and say that I think this is something of a generational thing. Like for me, I grew up in, I, I was a kid when he gets, I was in fourth grade when he gets drafted, right? I went to school, my first day of fourth grade, me and all my friends, all my friends and I, to be grammatically correct, wore LeBron jerseys. He is like the indubitable athlete of my childhood and the things I saw him do even though he doesn't win a title in that run, are like some of the, the most extraordinary things I've ever seen a basketball player do. Think about the shot he hits against the Magic that in that series where, right before he leaves. Um, think about you know the dunk on Duncan in the finals. Think about, the, go look at the starting five of the team he took to the 27, 2007 finals. That team had like no business being in the finals, but LeBron gets them there. And then you see what he comes back and does. And and I think that in that, like, that era, that second era, the 2018-19 season is just like, I can't imagine many players are capable of what he did that season. The year before that, that's the best team of that era, and they don't win because they run into the, the KD Warriors. That was an absolute buzzsaw. Obviously, 2016. And, and just everything that he has accomplished to me, it, it's it, he is my GOAT because it is partially an era thing, but I think the resume is just unflappable. There's, nothing, there's no hole in this resume at this point. LeBron James... Kid from Akron, Chris Manning, kid from Cleveland. Basically the same thing. Uh, Wes, what do you think? Um, I think it's too early to have this conversation um, because he's still going. He's 30 wow. years old. And if coward, he, coward, if coward, he demands coward, a trade coward, coward. this year and goes to a team and wins two straight titles, boom, that's six. But, that, but the implication there is that he's not. Like, I, I will answer. I think he already is. I think he could leave tomorrow. I think he left yesterday. Like, and he is. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. 
your answer implies that there's still work to be done. Yeah, what what else could he accomplish, Wes? That would change this for you. This this like aside from like a like, is there anything besides like another title that really adds to this to you? No, um, no, it doesn't. But that's uh, it's not my whole. I, to me, LeBron. To me, if you're, I guess you're asking me, he is the greatest basketball player of all time. But I will hear an argument also. You know, this is sort of the point I always make. If LeBron came around and did all this stuff in the '90s, and then Michael Jordan came around and went six and zero in the finals, what kind of con- and did all the things that he did? between 2003 and 2023, what's that conversation look like? Are we just now anointing Michael Jordan as the greatest because of the dominance that he just had? So I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, it is sort of just a generational thing. And it depends it is, on how it old is you a, are. Too, it's a value judgment for what you like and don't like. Because as Chris pointed out, like LeBron gets you know dinged for losing his, losing his first finals. That team had no business going to finals. What the hell right. they were even doing there? Like, yeah, and Michael and Michael Jordan fell on his face it. against the Pistons and and didn't even make it to the finals. And, right. and so, right, like it, it does determine, and that's why I say it's a numbers game. LeBron has it. Like he's got the numbers. There's not a numbers argument other than zero losses in the finals that you could bring to dismiss LeBron's case here. So I, I I do think he's like he's my greatest player ever. But if somebody wants to tell me that Michael Jordan is the greatest player that they've ever seen, that's fine. Like I'm not gonna just. I guess that's right. a boring bar, like non-bar argument to have. But to me, to me, he is the greatest. And I would like to see him actually go on and win two more championships just to be like, you know what? I have six, too, just to see what happens. You can check out the rest of their conversation on Locked on Lakers, Locked on Cavaliers, or Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Aaron Rodgers looks desert-bound. Before we get to that, though, the 49ers found a pretty good defensive replacement for Tamiko Ryan's. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. In a game that features two quarterbacks who are likely to score a lot, certainly make some long throws, there is a special prop you can bet on whether there will be a 60-plus yard reception. FanDuel has that odds at 3-1. to You can do this on the FanDuel Sportsbook app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com. Slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. One week after defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans departed from the 49ers to become the Houston Texans head coach, San Francisco has his replacement. The Niners are hiring Steve Wilkes, who is most recently the interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers as their next defensive coordinator. With Wilkes at the helm, the Panthers went 6-6 six and six and came up just short of winning the NFC South division crown. Before that, Wilkes was the Arizona Cardinals head coach in 2018, the Panthers defensive coordinator in 2017, and the Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator in 2019. Niners head coach Kyle Shanahan wanted continuity on one of the league's top defenses. Wilkes would seem to bring just that to the table. Kyrie Irving spoke with the media for the first time after being traded to the Dallas Mavericks, and he had some scathing words for the Brooklyn Nets. As a player, it's very emotional because you build lifelong relationships and you want to hold on to them, and it's a brotherhood, it's a sisterhood. We all love each other in in unconditional ways when we want to see each other do well, so 
um, you know, the reporting and, and the journalism um, that was going to come out of why I left. I, I knew that was going to be speculation, um, you know, but for me personally, um, you know, just sitting in the seat today, I, I just know I want to be places where I'm celebrated uh, and not just tolerated or or, or just, um, you know, kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel respected. Um, and there were times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt very disrespected and my talent. Uh, I work extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. Everyone talks about what I'm doing off the floor. So um, I just want to change that narrative and write my own story and just continue to prepare in the gym. And now that I'm in Dallas, just focus on what I can control, like I said. And, um, you know, I'm always going to be close with those guys in Brooklyn, just like I'm close with the guys in Boston, just like I'm close to the guys in Cleveland. Um, you know, it is a team competitive sport, but we care about each other's families way more off the court. So um, I know those ex the relationships will extend off. Um, I'm just focused on preparing to win. Meanwhile, in Brooklyn, reports are there is no interest in moving Kevin Durant before Thursday's trade deadline. Durant, who asked out and later rescinded a trade demand in the offseason, held a strong interest in an offseason trade to the Phoenix Suns, but that organization and numerous others have been told by the Nets that they are not interested in moving Durant, according to a report by ESPN. The report goes on to say that the Nets are working to build the roster around KD as he is expected to return soon after an MCL sprain. On the hardwood, the Memphis Grizzlies got their second win in the last nine games after beating the Bulls. Don't tell the Memphis Grizzlies that they just beat a team that might be in the lottery, might be sellers at the trade deadline on a second game of a back-to-back. -back. Considering the last couple of weeks that Memphis has had, they'll take any victory they can get. And at least for one night, they won their current battle with adversity. I'm Joe Molinax of Lockdown Grizzlies, and Memphis has been on a skid. You might have heard of it. Eight of their last nine games being losses. Lots of on-the-court and off-the-court distractions for stars like John Morant, role players like Dylan Brooks. Hasn't been going well in Memphis. At least for one game, they looked the part of a team ready to overcome some adversity. They got a big lead against the Bulls. They lost it in the third quarter. They were able to get it back with a strong fourth quarter of play after several fourth quarter collapses. So Jaron Jackson Jr. showing that he belongs as an all-star. John Morant rising to the occasion as a scorer. Those are all good things. The Atlanta Hawks couldn't quite get it done on the road in New Orleans against the Pelicans. Hello, friends. My name is Brad Rowland. The Atlanta Hawks now fall to 27 and 28 on the season with a loss in New Orleans on this Tuesday evening, the final game of a lengthy five-game road trip for the Hawks. They fall two and three on the trip. Not a disaster by any means, and the Hawks did not play terribly on this Tuesday, but the second half got away from them in a big way offensively. In particular, the Hawks could not score for large swaths of the second half. Looked a little bit tired in the spot after a very, very long road trip, and New Orleans took advantage of that in pretty sound fashion. The Hawks had some strengths and some weaknesses in, the, in this game for sure, but in the end, not a terrible performance by any means, but the Hawks did not have quite enough to go over the top on the road against a quality opponent in the Pelicans. We'll get into all of what transpired and more on Lot the Hawks podcast. And on the ice, the Edmonton Oilers took care of business against the Red Wings in a testy Detroit environment. The Edmonton Oilers needing a little McLovin to get their way through the Detroit Red Wings in Motown. Hi, my name is Brett Holden from Locked On Oilers, and Warren Fogle leads the way for the Oilers through the Red Wings at Little Caesars Arena with two goals on the night, including the game winner and a 5-2 win. 
for Edmonton. Ryan McLeod getting the scoring started for the Oilers in the second period after the Oilers went down in the first, but the Oilers stormed back for three goals in the second period, but they did allow a goal late in the second, and that is when things got chippy. Evander Kane taking a penalty late in the second period, and the rest of the game, there was no whistle without a little bit of a scrum, but it was the Edmonton Oilers who had the last laugh as Ryan Nugent Hopkins with the insurance goal for the Oilers on the power play with Connor McDavid extending his point streak to 13 straight games. Here is another story you need to know. We're here on Radio Row, Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah. We got Locked On Sports today, Locked On Packers, Peter Bukowski. And it's your boy Q from Locked On Raiders. Q, <laughs> we got a, a lot going on around here for Radio Row, but yeah. our two teams yeah. have been kind of the talk of what's going on in the NFL that's not going to take place right. on Sunday at, at Glendale. So what do you make of all of this noise around Aaron Rodgers and the Las Vegas Raiders right now? I'll tell you right now, I never thought this was something that was even possible. The conversation was possible. You actually are the one that made me think that there was a possibility. And now all of a sudden it feels like it's 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 happening, right? I don't know if that's going to happen or not. It could be an Aaron Rodgers, well, it's not going to happen. But because, I mean, he does that, right? But, man, it's the talk of every table here. I can't even walk to the bathroom without people saying, hey, Rodgers to uh, Vegas, huh? I was like, I don't know. I don't. I wish I did, but I don't know. It's really different from last year when I was doing the same thing. And, and I would walk around like, what's Rogers going to do? Right. What's Rogers going to do? And then it was sort of, is he going to retire? Is he going to come back? Now it seems like he's going to come back. He's going to play. It's the Jets. It's the Raiders. From a football standpoint, I, w- I was talking about this on Lockdown Packers the other day. The best situations for Aaron Rodgers. Do you think the Raiders are the best football situation for Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think the best team is probably the Jets, but I think the best familiarity is probably the Raiders, just because of Devontae Adams. I mean, you know, just I think that that would immediately, like the whole the whole thing that we were sold last year was that, oh man, Card uh, Adams is going to be fantastic. They were old. Uh, they were they were in college together, teammates. Da da da. Man, these guys were together yeah. in the NFL and were very successful together. So I think that that would make a lot more sense. What is the the timeline right now for Derek Carr to have a decision made? Because we know uh, starting next week, the Raiders do not want him on their football team. So what does that mean for the market? When is this all going to get done, do you think? I honestly believe they're just going to end up releasing him. I don't see a team that's going to trade for him knowing he's got to be gone by February 15th or else they're going to have to pay him all that money. So unless some team says, hey, you know what, let's just give up a fifth or sixth round pick just to, to trade for him, I think he's going to end up getting released sooner rather than later. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, to be honest with you. So we're at the Super Bowl, yeah, right? If the Raiders make this kind of move, presumably it's because they think they can win the Super Bowl doing it. Do you think a move like this to get Aaron Rodgers could, I don't know, Las Vegas, home Super Bowl next year? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it can make him a playoff team, right? I mean, that's how good Aaron Rodgers is, but the defense has to be addressed. The defense has to be all. That's all you need, better. though. Just get into the dance. Right, right, exactly. Once you get into the dance, I mean, all bets are off, right? Anything could happen. But, yeah, they've got to improve that defense, but Aaron Rodgers could get you to the playoffs for sure. Stay up to date all year on the Las Vegas Raiders by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Raiders on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, Doug Williams achieved a Super Bowl feat over 35 years ago. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I'm traveling right now and eating healthy can be really difficult. You know what I did? I brought Built Bar's with me because I knew I'd be tempted by 
airport food and by all kinds of other travel things that just, oh, I'll eat that. I'll have a cookie. I'll have this candy. No. Let me get something in my body that will fuel me but also taste delicious. And that's what Built Bar can do. They're perfect to help you keep your New Year's resolution covered in 100% real chocolate with all of the macros that you want, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait for your order to arrive from Built.com. You can go to Walmart or Sam's Club. Just do your regular old shopping, and, and there the bars are. They're right there for you to grab and go. So check them out. And thank me later. Doug Williams achieved two Super Bowl firsts in the same game over 35 years ago. He joined Chris Russell on Locked On Commanders to discuss that and the special moment that is two African-American quarterbacks starting in this year's Super Bowl. Doug, last year, last week, I should say, on January 31st, we celebrated the 35th anniversary of that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 22 at Jack Murphy Stadium, which doesn't even exist anymore, <laughs> uh, that you guys won 42 to 10 over the Denver Broncos that you played in, started in, won the Super Bowl MVP in. Uh, everybody knows what you did. Uh, even if they weren't actually live to see the game, everybody has studied the annals. Um, when that anniversary comes up, do you, do you think about a lot of the significance of, of that day, both what it meant for society and also what it meant in your career and in your life, or do you kind of treat it as, you know, well, it, it was a long time ago. It's special, but it's kind of the same day. Chris, first of all, let me say that it has been a long time ago, yeah. but, but I don't think there's a, a day come by a go that I don't remember something about that day. Yeah. You know, I know how significant it, it is to, to me, uh, my family and to uh, black America. You know, we're we talking history. That's that's the key to this whole whole thing. We're not just talking about some guy that just passed by. And, you know, I think about the fact that if, if it had been somebody else, it had been Randall Cunningham, Orrin Moon, uh, anybody like that, I, I think I'd feel the same way about what transpired and, and what this week is all about. So, yes, I, I think um, that day will forever be there, and I'm glad I was able to do it here in the Washington area and, and uh, for the DMV. I think that was the most important thing, you know, just just being here and, and working with the commanders and and traveling around the DMV. You know, I feel it every day because no matter where I am, somebody's going to mention it. And, and that's a good feeling when you when you think about it. When I walk into this office and walk into the front door, you know, you got through three Super Bowl trophies up there. Mm -hmm. And knowing that you was a part of one of them is it's a great, great feeling. And the fact that we still here to enjoy it. Uh, Doug, as we mentioned, two black quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, uh, going to be facing off. First time that has happened, obviously, considering your history. I know you're heading to Phoenix uh, later on this week for the game. Um, what does this tell us about the progress that you were so intricately involved in, again, in Super Bowl XXII, that here we are 35 years later, and just having celebrated that Super Bowl twenty two victory, that now we have two black quarterbacks squaring off against each other. Well, well Chris, you know, when you look at it realistically, it's kind of unfortunate that uh, we just made it here. Because, you know, if, if the guys that deserve an opportunity before me had gotten the opportunity, we might not be here. We've been here probably past it. We probably that probably would have happened 35 years ago. You never know. Yeah. But but it but it happened this week, and and we got we got to look at that as progress from from which 
it all started from which, you know, I won 35 years ago and here now 35 years later that we, we had made progress. Russell Wilson did it 25 years after I did it. Um, now it's 35, 10 more years later. We've had eight guys that of color to play in the Super Bowl. But, you know, I look at this whole thing now that we don't have to come back and say uh, a black quarterback making history playing in the Super Bowl because we you can only play two quarterbacks at a time, so we got two. So that's, that's over with. The only thing we got to do now is, from the NFL standpoint actually is to improve on hiring black coaches. Without Doug Williams, there is no Jalen Hurts. There is no Patrick Mahomes. And there certainly is not both of those players starting in a Super Bowl. So when we watch this weekend and we see what is undoubtedly going to be a great game between two really, really terrific teams and two potentially special quarterbacks, certainly in the case of Patrick Mahomes, understand that we stand on the shoulders of giants and Doug Williams is exactly that giant, even if he is a Washington quarterback. And finally, could it be that Gino Ariema is jealous of Dawn Staley? After losing to South Carolina 81-77, to UConn's Lou Lopez Seneschal had bruises on her body from the game. This prompted Gino to say, it's just appalling what teams do to her now. It's not basketball anymore. I don't know what it is, but it's not basketball. Staley had enough on her radio show on Tuesday. She fired back at Gino saying when her team has success, they're called something other than players that are locked in. South Carolina has won four of the last five matchups with UConn, including last year's national championship game. Gino not taking it well, apparently. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen Coming up tomorrow, what can we expect from the NBA trade deadline? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.